Welcome to Weber Wenzel Legal Insights. With over 150 years of experience and deep industry knowledge, Weber Wenzel is the leading full-service law firm on the African continent. So welcome to this episode in the Weber Wenzel podcast, the interplay between investment and socioeconomic development. I'm Claire Alice Virtue. I'm a partner at Weber Wenzel advising on competition law and investment, ranging from merger control to prohibited practices and litigation in a number of African jurisdictions. I'm joined by Candice Mayer. She's a partner in our corporate practice, advising on all aspects of deal making, and her work includes advising on broad-based black economic empowerment transactions. Thanks so much, Claire. Great to be speaking to you today. So today we'll be speaking about the interplay between critically important imperatives of investment to enhance our economic growth and socioeconomic development and transformation in South Africa. And overlaid with that is the recent developments in our competition space. Thanks, Candice. To get us started, perhaps for the benefit of our, of our listeners, when we're looking at investment and foreign investment, what does that really look like in a transaction? Well, Claire, typically, if an investor comes in, depending on the extent of their investment, they would normally want to acquire a level of ownership in the business. That's usually done by taking up shares, either by purchase or by subscription, or they might buy the business itself or a division of the business. These are substantial amounts of money. How do they protect those investments? Well, as you say, depending on the level of investment made, they may want a commensurate level of ownership. And that would mean they'd seek to protect their investments by taking up controlling stakes potentially in the business in terms of the number of shares they acquire so they're able to vote those shares and maintain a level of control over operations. Otherwise, they might also um, want to appoint board members so that they have a control over the board decision-making processes. So that whole concept of taking a controlling stake in a business um, is actually exactly where competition law comes into play. Competition regulators around the world assess whether or not that change in control of a company is going to have an unwarranted impact on the market, really looking at the competitive dynamics. In South Africa, though, we go a step further. We look at public interest considerations. So public interest considerations focus on employment, the effect of a merger on a particular region or industry, um, as well as the ability of national industries to compete in international markets. Mackendis, I suggest that for today, let's talk about what is most topical, um, and that's really um, the focus on the spread of ownership and increase of ownership levels by Black people as well as workers. So what exactly is the Commission looking for in terms of transactions in that regard at the moment? So the assessment looks at what the position is or level of ownership prior to the transaction. So how many HDP um, uh, worker owners do you have? What's the level of ownership? And you, in, its, in the barest form, you're going to then compare that to post-transaction. What is the level um, of HDP or worker ownership after the transaction? So, so does that mean, you know, if you've had a BE deal or you've done something historically where you've encouraged black ownership within your business, will that suffice or will the commission see that differently now in light of these new public interest um, requirements? Unfortunately not, um, Candice. What we're seeing is that even if you are, you currently, let's say you have an employee share ownership plan, which allows employees a certain percentage, um, and then you enter into a transaction, the existence of an of current empowerment isn't enough to get you over the line. You actually have to show that this transaction has some benefit to 
black ownership or worker ownership. And that's specifically following the recent amendments to the Competition Act in 2019. Um, and that's also borne out kind of in what we're seeing um, in kind of the second half of this year in the decisions coming out of the commission. So not only must you have black ownership, but if you've got it already, you need to improve it, which means then theoretically there'd be less equity available for, let's say, a foreign investor who wants to take up a stake, will only potentially do so on the basis of a certain shareholding they're expecting to receive in return. But in fact, at the time they invest, the commission is then going to be seeking further black empowerment through the deal, if I understand correctly. So so that is another yet another deterrent to foreign investment effectively. And what about... The, the the fact that existing legislation in terms of BEE and these new public interest sort of initiatives are there to protect black investment. But in fact, black investors are then somewhat stuck in a sense that they are not easily able to dispose of their shares. It results in their shareholding being less liquid for them because effectively we don't want to see a decline in black ownership. We're trying to look for not only having black ownership, but improving it incrementally through each deal we do. Is that something that's come on the forefront um, more recently at all? Your summary is correct, Candice. Um, our listeners will probably recall in 2021, the commission prohibited ECP Africa's acquisition of Burger King South Africa and Grand Foods. And this was done on public interest grounds. And you will probably recall that at the time, um, a number of black investment forums spoke out quite strongly against this for the re very reason you mentioned, that it impacts the ability of black shareholders to dispose of their shares. In that transaction, the HDP or historically disadvantaged persons, um, the sh their level of shareholding um, would decrease from 68% to 0% due to the merger. And the commission took the view that the proposed merger couldn't be justified on public interest grounds. Um, so this was seen as a substantial negative effect on the spread of ownership. What we've seen post Burger King is that the commission isn't only looking at a negative effect on levels of ownership. Um, they're actually saying that each transaction must have a positive impact. But we know that Burger King was ultimately approved. And how that happened was the parties were able to negotiate a menu or a set of public interest conditions. Those public interest conditions um, don't only touch on ownership. So if we take it beyond Burger King, but just look at the type of conditions we've been seeing um, throughout this year. Those are conditions that focus, yes, on ownership. So setting up an employee share ownership plan um, or introducing a black shareholder but also broader, almost softer commitments that also have an impact on transformation in the economy. So the enterprise and supply development, um, steps towards localization, maintaining or increasing level of levels of employment um, or committing to certain capital investment um, within a specified period. What's important here is that the benefit has to be one that's related to the transaction. So it's not enough to simply record what the company was doing prior to the transaction. We really need to show that the merger that the commission is considering in some way has a benefit um, to public interest. So in terms of this balancing of interests and imperatives, you know, we're seeing that the, the ownership aspects to, to the public interest considerations 
um, not only could potentially deter foreign investment, but you've also got to look at other public interest factors which have a cost attributed to them as well, which again will impact on, on the investment side of things, given that the cost of deals is much higher due to the sort of regulatory intervention. But then the reality is we still have to balance the fact that BEE has been in force for 20 years maybe, and we're really not at any stage of, of enhanced um, transformation within our economy. So these um, initiatives to drive transformation through public interest considerations are critically important to ensure access to the economy for black South Africans. But this has to obviously be balanced against the dire need for investment and stimulation of the economy and job creation. Um, so there's a fine balance between these two things, but they're not mutually exclusive. I agree. So let's watch this space and see the type of conditions that come out of the competition authority and their impacts on both transformation as well as the level of investment and get back to our listeners on any further developments. Candice, thank you so much for taking the time to cover these topics. Obviously very important topics for the South African economy, a lot of emotions around it, but also a lot of important legal principles to unpack. And as we said, we'll get back to the listeners um, with an update on, on where this goes over the next couple of months. You have been listening to Weber Wenzel Legal Insights. You can find and subscribe to the podcast on all major platforms. For more expert legal insights and updates, visit WeberWenzel.com.